0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need to expedite a little time here. Maybe. And we're going to look at Acts chapter 2, please. Acts 2 and verse 36. Acts 2, verse 36. You have that? Say amen. amen. Okay, we're going to read Acts 2, verse 36 through 39. If you have it, let's read all together. Ready? Read. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And Men and brethren, come on. Verse thirty-eight. Come on. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift. In verse thirty-nine. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Father, thank you today for the word that we're about to receive. I pray. That each person who's gathered here this morning, Lord, would have open ears, open open eyes, open hearts to uh, hear, to see, to understand your word. Let revelation flow freely, God. Let it not be hindered by anything. I pray, Father, that each person who hears that their lives will be impacted and changed and their families will be changed. Through the word of God today, we pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. All right, we've been talking about how there's a constant battle for the souls of men. All right? First of all, thank you, for Pastor Kim, for ministering on last Sunday. She did an awesome and excellent job ministering on last Sunday on Don't Give Up. Praise the Lord. Now, so we are in a constant battle for the souls of men. And everything, if you look around in our society, is tending towards and uh, is it's, it's part of this, this battlefield that we're in. We're in a battlefield. We're in a war zone. And as you know, whenever there are battles, there are and there will be casualties, you can't have a battle, you can't have a fight without there being casualties. Husbands and wives, remember that. When there's a battle, there's going to be casualties. Glory to God. Somebody's going to be injured. That's why the Bible says, we read this in Proverbs, that, that you stop a uh, quarrel, you stop strife before quarreling starts. All right? That was yesterday's reading in Proverbs, right? Now, there's always going to be casualties in a battle. I, I looked up some, some numbers and I saw that the stories estimate that. In the United States of America, since the Revolutionary War, we've lost nearly 1.3 million soldiers or servicemen in all of our wars and, and battles. Nearly 1.3 million have been lost. In fact, 620,000 of those died in the Civil War alone. It makes sense. So a Civil War that's going to be, battle, gonna be uh, much much casualty. Is that right? Yes, sir. Praise God. But I thought I'd want to add these, these stats and let you see this. On any given day in America, there are more than 2.3 million people in state, federal prisons, local jails, and juvenile detention centers. Did you see that? On any given day in America, there are 2.3. On average, million people locked up. Well, that may not mean anything to you because y'all are not locked up. But you know a cousin. You have a loved one. Somebody you know is locked up. And what we know is that disproportionately that number with African Americans is extremely high. You understand that? there's a battle for the souls of men. Here's another, another st- a stat for us. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention show that 64,070 Americans died from drug overdoses in 2016. In one year alone, 2016, 60, over 64,000 Americans died of drug overdoses. That's a 21% increase 2015. And we know the opioid crisis is only ticking up. Is this alarming to anybody? There's a battle for the souls of men. And Here's one I think that probably bothered me more than any of those others. Each day in the United States of America, on average, over 3,470 high schoolers That's grades 9 through 12 attempt suicide. I'll let that sit there for a minute. And on average in America, every single day, grades 9 through 12, these are 14 year olds, 15 year olds, 16 year olds, 17 year olds, 18 year olds. On average, every day, 3,470 or more attempt suicide according to the CDC suicide is a third leading cause of death in youth ages 10 to 24 there's a battle for the souls of men it's very interesting In fact yesterday my family and I we were traveling across the Skyway Bridge and uh, as we came through the toll booth there leading up to the bridge. The traffic was backed up a long ways and just as you cross through the toll booth. And uh, we didn't know why the traffic was backed up so much, but as we began to get a little closer, I, I looked off in the distance, and I didn't say anything, but I saw off in the distance uh, flashing lights at the top of the Skyway Bridge. And it's land in here. This wasn't a car accident. Come on, sir. Come on, sir. Uh, Not at the top. And as we approached and finally reached the Skyway Bridge and got to the top, it was horrifying to look in the lane next to you and see an empty minivan parked at the very top of the Skyway Bridge, knowing this wasn't a car that had broken down, knowing this wasn't some car accident, knowing that what happened was someone, in the middle of the day, it's, it's, it's about 1.30 in the afternoon. Be- I mean, was yesterday a beautiful day? <laughs> it's the reason you live in Florida. It's the reason why you're not in Chicago. It's <laughs> beautiful day, and somebody in the middle of the day was so distraught, had no control over their thoughts, no control over their emotions, and they ended their lives, their life. Why? There's a battle for the souls of men. Glory to God. We live in a danger zone. We live in a war zone. And the reason why is because everything in our society is tending towards or pushing people towards secularism and humanism. In other words, uh, everything about our society and government and business and education and arts and entertainment is pushing people away from God. Don't believe in God. Oh, how we as a nation lament, even as Floridians lament at the fact that 17 people, including children, lost their lives on Wednesday. And they keep saying, "What's going on in our schools? I can tell you what's going on in our schools. We've pushed God completely out of our schools. And without God, there's no protection, there's no covering, there's no hedge. without God and yet the more these things happen the more secular people become well there's a battle for the souls of men in fact we learned yesterday that there, there was a we received notices from a couple people phone calls and text messages and then we confirmed on the news that there's even been these copycat threats made about this coming week that some uh, children have thought it would be funny perhaps to make threats against uh, schools, Pinellas Park High School, uh, Morgan Fitzgerald Middle School, even uh, uh, the Lelman uh, Innovative School, they, they've said, we're going to go and we're going to kill people in those schools on Tuesday. Ha, 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 isn't this funny? No, fool, this ain't funny. There's a battle for the souls of men. Well, pastor, what do I do? My kids are in those schools. We got to get them saved. Oh, we've got to get our children saved. Today, I want to minister on household salvation. I want to minister on household salvation. You look at our world and you see how wicked it is. You see this battle zone, this danger zone, this war zone that we're living in. And that's why you understand Paul makes this statement in Romans twelve two. He says, be not conformed to this world. Don't be conformed. Don't go along with this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In fact, if you look at our, our text we were, we were in today, Acts 2, we stopped at verse 39, but in verse 40, uh, Peter makes this statement in his his message on that, that day, he says in Acts 2 verse 40, and with many other words, he, that's Peter, testified and exhorted, that word exhorted means to urge, to compel, to plead, to beg, I'm begging you, he says be saved from this perverse generation. He wasn't saying, he wasn't just saying, I, I'm, I'm begging you to be saved, like I'm begging you to, to get born again. He said, I'm begging you to get delivered, get rescued from the danger and destruction of this perverse generation. Now, now wait a minute. When Peter's writing this, this is, this is somewhere about 2,000 years ago. Are y'all listening to me? This is somewhere around 2,000 years ago. Now, I know, uh, I remember as, as, a, as, a, as a young uh, person, as a kid, a young, young uh, teenager, even a young adult, I, as, I used to say, man, I don't, I don't want to have kids. That's I used to say that because I used to say, man, this world is nuts. And I wouldn't want to bring any kids into this nutty world. I mean, because I grew up in a time of, of the Atlanta child murderers. Anybody remember that? Some of you, most of y'all aren't old enough, remember that? And that day when everybody was on edge, because we had heard that somebody was going through Atlanta and killing all these little black kids. And so, and this was true, this was going on, and yet here in St. Petersburg, my parents had us on high alert. Everybody here was on high alert. Things we started seeing happening, and this was back in in the 70s and and, and, in the early 80s, and I'm like, Lord, I don't want to bring no kids in this world. Now, I I thank God for my children. Now, I have four wonderful, uh, beautiful children, but I know some things different now that I didn't know then. And yet, Peter, 2,000 years ago, is saying, be saved from this perverse generation. He's saying, be rescued, be delivered. He said, come out of it. <laughs> Why? Because he knew some things were going on. Now, that word perverse, I gave that to you here a couple weeks ago. That word perverse is the is the Greek word scolios, where we get our English word scoliosis from. Y'all remember that? Yes, Which means crooked, so uh, cur- or curved. So be safe from this crooked generation. Do you think it's the crooked generation we're living in? I said, Do you think it's the crooked generation we're living in? People will call you out of your money, out of your everything. It's crooked. Crooked in sports? Ain't yes. that right, Tony? Yeah. They know who's going to win this stuff. Crooked in, in the government? Yes. Crooked in the schools? Yes. Come on now. Crooked in the nonprofits? Yes. Y'all ain't saying much to me. Curved. Metaphorically perverse. Our nation is just inundated with perversion. It's all over the place. You can't you can't turn on your television without seeing somebody kissing and all. I mean, I remember back in the day, Flintstones. Flintstone. I'm the Flintstone generation. Fred was over here. Woman was over here. Barney was on this side. Bed was on this side. Right. Not today. You can turn on six o'clock in the morning when back at six o'clock in the morning all he had on was cartoons. Now, boy, they're playing all kind of stuff on TV. Perversion, wicked, unfair, surly, or unfriendly. That's what we're talking about here. This all this road rage is people being unfriendly. Forward or contrary. Give me that same verse Acts two forty in the in the Message Bible. this is what Peter says in the message Bible Acts chapter 2 verse 40 in the message Bible see what he says he says he went on in this vein for a long time urging them over and over again get out while you can get out of this sick and stupid culture so he's not saying leave the world he's saying get out of the culture we're in this world but we're not supposed to be of this world are y'all hearing me this morning Give give me 2 Timothy chapter 3, please. 2 Timothy 3. I'm going to move this quickly so I can get to where we want to get to. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 through 5 in the New Living Translation. In the New Living Translation. Glory to God. Let's let's see if if what the Bible said 2,000 plus years ago is for right now. Is the Bible true or not? When all your cousins want to argue the Bible isn't true, let's see is it true. Let's see is the Bible true. Remember, this, this wasn't written yesterday. I've had my Bible for several years. This, this was written 2,000 years ago. All right, here's what, here's what the Bible said. Paul said, he said, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times. Yes. Your King James says perilous, which means dangerous times. Are we living in dangerous times? Yes, Glory to God. So let's see if the Bible is true. Verse 2, he says, for people will love only themselves and their money. Yes. Check. Yes. They'll be boastful. And proud. Yeah. I'm doing just it over here. Scoffing at God. Yeah. Isn't that what they do? You know, to scoff at God means God ain't real. I don't want to hear none of that God stuff. Scoffing at God. Then he says here, disobedient to their parents. Yeah. Yeah. Discount, double check on that one right there. All kind of hard head, nappy head kids. Oh boy. Smelling their must, smelling their funk. think they have rights, you don't have no rights I didn't didn't have rights when I was a kid, I had a right to clean my room I had a privilege to stay there (laughs) it was a privilege to eat at my mama's table, It it was my right to wash the dishes glory to God you better bring that tat out back on. I'm telling you, we need some more tat out today. See, my mama was a crazy mama. I had a crazy mama. My mama, any of y'all had a crazy mama. You didn't, you didn't buck, go buckwall. My mama, my my all right. My dad, my dad was a pastor of the church. Y'all looking at me teenagers? Look up. Get off your cell phone. You ain't got time for your cell phone. Everything on the screen. Watch me. Look at me. Ain't nothing on your cell phone for you. Because I'm helping you. I'm not preaching this for my health. My dad will be preaching. And my mom be sitting over there in the mother's corner. And I'll be way on back there with all the girls. And, and my friends. You know, the guys was there too. But you know, I wasn't there for the guys. I was there for the girls. I just, I told you. I confessed it. So i would be over there. It's back in the day. i would be sitting over there, boy, and I'm cutting up, boy, and talking and smoking and smacking and Chewing gum and everything, my mom from across here to way back there would look over me like. I knew what that meant. Hilda May was gonna have a good day on my behind. Anybody with a mama named Hilda May, you understand. If, if, hey, if your mama got May in her middle name somewhere, May. Your mama, Ryan, my talking? my wife said to me, she said, oh, you don't, know, oh, Lord. Your mama got made in her name somewhere, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> you don't want no man in that name. Disobedient to parents. So check. And Ungrateful. Check, check. So the Bible's right. They will consider, now this this isn't just about kids. This is everybody. This is okay. They will consider nothing sacred. That's where we are. Check. People still from the church today. Verse 3. Verse 3. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others. You know what slander is. They talk about you, dog you out, throwing shade on you. Y'all know his kids throwing shade. Y'all know y'all adults throwing shade. And have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. I think we're there. I think the Bible's right. Verse 4. They will betray their friends. Is this the Bible? Ain't no loyalty. Them bros ain't loyal. I think I get a ticket for that. All right. I'll pay my fine later. Praise the Lord. They'll they'll betray their friends. Be reckless. Be puffed up with pride. And love pleasure rather than God. If it feels good, do it. Verse 5, they will act religious. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Look at his last line. Look at his last line. Stay away from people like that. So he tells us to stay away from people like that. Now, it is impossible for us to leave the world. In fact, God is not trying to get you out of the world, out of the planet, off the planet. He wants to get you out of the culture of the world. That's what it means to be secular. Secular is, it comes, comes from the same Latin root as, uh, we, there's, a, there's a word in Latin, uh, seclorum, which is a world. So, secular is worldly, which means your, you, your life is governed by the world as opposed to by the word of God. And you know, there are many Christians living like that, let alone the world. The world is totally against the word of God, but there are many Christians who still live their lives not based on what the word says, just based on what the world says, how I feel, what I think, you know, what makes sense to me, and all that kind of stuff. But there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. You see? So God has a better path for us, and it's in the word of God. So it says stay away from people like that. So he's not trying to get us to leave the planet because God, how many of y'all in here already saved? You're already born again. Okay, notice you're still here. What I mean by that is if God was just trying to rescue you out of the world, he would have saved you and said, come on home. But he didn't say come on home. He said, stay yourself right there because I have something for you to do. So you and I, we're here but we're not to live like we're here. We are here as ambassadors. <clears throat> are y'all hearing me on this? When, if, you were, if you were an ambassador uh, to, let's say, for example, Haiti, all right? You're from the United States of America. You're an ambassador to Haiti. You're not supposed to go there and live like the Haitians. You're there to, to, be, to be around the Haitians, but to influence them and, and to, to make things uh, amicable between the Haitians and the U.S., Are you following me? So you and I are, the Bible calls us in 2 Corinthians 5, we are ambassadors for Christ. So as ambassadors for Christ, we're not to live like the world, but we're here to influence the world to bring an agreement. The Bible says that he's given us in 2 Corinthians 5, the ministry of reconciliation. Glory to God. We're here to help reconcile men to God. We're here to rescue other people out of this dark world, out of this evil world, out of this danger zone that they're living in. Do you understand you have answers sitting all on the inside of you? Do you understand you are the answer for the world today? That's why God left us here? He didn't leave us here to suffer. He left us here to reign on this earth. All right, let me keep going here. Glory to God. Now, let's go back here to Acts 2. Acts 2. Because we want to know if we're living in this danger zone... How do we avoid the danger and destruction of this present evil world? Again, let's look at what Peter said to us in Acts 2, verse 37. Y'all with me so far? Acts 2, 37 says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, What shall we do? What shall we do? The Bible says Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be what? Baptized. Baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins, and you shall receive this wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Spirit. All right? Then he says something big here. Now, remember, repent, which means change your way of thinking, change your mindset. And then he says, uh, you be baptized, and you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's beautiful. You you don't want to function on this planet without the Holy Ghost. Y'all hear me? You don't want to just get saved. Because just get saved... And try to live just saved without the Holy Ghost, uh, power living inside you is going to be very hard. You're to figure out, well, how come I'm still struggling? How come I, Lord, I, I want to quit this? I want to stop doing this, and I can't. It's because you need the Holy Ghost. He's the power to help you with that. I just want to throw that in there for somebody today. Is that all right? How many of y'all have the Holy Ghost already already filled baptized with the Holy Ghost? and get good? So you have who you need in you to overcome. Glory to God. In fact, you have who you need inside you to even control your tongue. James talks about no man can tame his tongue, right? That's why you need the Holy Ghost to tame your tongue. You're tired of cussing? You need the Holy Ghost. You're tired of your mouth getting you in trouble all the time? You know you can get in trouble without cussing. So you need the Holy Ghost to help tame your tongue because you can't do it. The Bible says no man can tame the tongue. Got it? All right, now, but I want to show you here what he goes on to say in verse 39. He says, for the promise is to you and to your children. Oh, my God. And to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God would call. So the promise, this promise of salvation, this promise of the Holy Ghost is to you. And to your children. You notice here God wants to go past you. This is bigger than just you. Glory to God. You're saved, but God is concerned with more than just you being saved. Glory to God. God is concerned about your whole family. I said God is concerned about your whole family. If you're already born again, then you are the seed for your family. Did you hear what I said? If you're already born again, then you're the seed for your whole family. You ought to write that down. If you're born again, you're the seed for your whole family. God's not wanting you to be saved and be excited about your salvation, and and now all of a sudden you start walking around with your uppity, prideful, better-than-them self. I'll come over here. You walk around with your prideful, better than themself. Okay, I I better say it again because y'all still. A lot of us get messed up in our salvation. We start feeling like we're better than them. Our family, because I'm the one saved. They still out there chucking and jiving, fooding around. They in the world, they crazy. Yes, I know they are. But you are the seed for them. And God's happy you got saved, but when He when you came to him, he had your whole family in mind. Oh, my God. He's not satisfied with just you. God wants his whole family back. I gave y'all scripture here a couple weeks ago. Get on the screen real quick. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 4. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 4. I want everybody to have this. Every eye to be on this scripture right here. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 4. Y'all looking at this? Glory to God. God says this, behold, all souls are mine. The father of the the son, of the father as well as the soul of the son is mine. You see that? So all souls are his. So God's excited about you getting saved. But oh boy, he wants your your sister saved. He wants your cousin Pete saved. He wants your your uncle P Heffy saved. Your uncle June, y'all got uncle June Buck. God wants them all saved. God wants that old no good son from that old from that old no good daddy. You know that no the no good baby daddy you got? God God wants y'all ain't settled to me. God wants them saved. And see the problem is we keep putting our mouths on them in a negative way as opposed to saying, God, I want you to use me to win my whole family. We run them down with our mouths. And all the time I'm praying they get saved. Lord, I stay shogun." You get say, "Well, stop running them down with your mouth, child." It takes as much just as much energy to pray for them, to lift them up, to intercede for them as it does to run them down. So instead of running them down, why don't you lift them up? Oh, y'all don't want to hear that. All right. Okay. Let's keep going here. Let's keep going here. Let's keep going here. So this promises you and your children. So again, if you're already born again, you're the seed for your whole family. You are the seed for a righteous family tree. That's good. You are the seed for a righteous family tree. (laughs) <laughs> glory to God I don't care if you came you were, you were in a family that ain't nobody knew God nobody served God nobody knew nothing nothing not a thing about God and you got saved once you got saved that changed the whole family tree you gotta see it you got, I'll, show this, I'll show this to you here in a minute alright now watch this again God has got a God of families. I want you to see something look at Genesis 17 and verse 7 Genesis 17 verse 7 everybody brought your Bible Glory to God. I like Bibles. I like those pages turning. You can't, you can't hear when you're swiping on an iPad and, and a tablet and all that kind of stuff. You can't hear that. Glory to God. Genesis 17, verse 7. This is God talking to his friend, Abram. And when God talks to Abram, God is always talking about Abram and his future. God never talked to Abram exclusively about himself. God always talked to Abraham about his future. So notice what God says in Genesis 17, verse 7. God says to him, and I will establish, oh God, my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations. Now Abraham, uh, Abram, when God called him, was a moon worshiper. He didn't know God, had never heard of God, He was a moon worshiper, which means his his dad was a moon worshiper. His granddad was a moon worshiper. Everybody before him was a moon worshiper. His brothers, they were moon worshippers. But when God got a hold of Abram, he became the seed for a new family tree. And your Bible says you and I, we are the seed of Abraham. We're part of Abraham's family tree. My God, glory to God. So God says, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant. Notice this. To be God to you and your descendants after you. So that means everything God established with Abraham is established with me. Glory to God. I'm part of a righteous family tree. Hallelujah. Now. Again, I want to bring this statement to you again. If you're already born again or if you're saved, you're the seed for your whole family. There's a phrase you've heard me use around here many times called the Joseph anointing. I'm about to say the Joseph anointing. Joseph was the seed for his whole family. Now, this guy Abraham we just read about, Abraham, he had a son named Isaac. Isaac had a son named Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. One of those sons' name was was Joseph. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. Right? They, They wanted to kill him, but God spared his life. God had a plan for him. His own brothers hated him. His own siblings couldn't stand him. But God still had a plan for his life. He was the black sheep of the family, but his father loved him. And God, a plan for his life, ended up in Egypt as a slave. And God raised him from a slave to becoming the second man in charge of all Egypt. Got it? Now, what happens? A famine hits the world. The, girl, the whole world is going through a drought and famine. Nobody can make it. Everybody is, is dying or everybody is perishing from, from all the, the, the peril and destruction that's going on on the planet. But God has preserved. He picked out Joseph. Oh, my God. Now, I want to show you something. Look, look at the scripture here. Look at Genesis 45, verse 4. As a matter of fact, you need to look on the screen because we're going to read it in the contemporary English version. So, look up. Genesis 45, verse 4 through 7. Genesis 45, 4 through 7 in the CEV. I want you to see these words here. Glory to God. It says, Joseph, now his brothers show up, and, and Joseph is, is taking care of them without them knowing it. Just like you're praying for your family yeah. without them knowing it. Yeah. You're the one covering your whole family. You don't have any witnesses in here yeah. without them knowing it. Glory to God. So Joseph, now what happens, it comes a time when Joseph, at, uh, uh, at, at one point he can't take it anymore. He wants to, to make sure they know who he is now. So at this point, Joseph told them to come closer to him. And when they did, he said, Yes, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold in Egypt. I know y'all couldn't stand me. Ah I know y'all didn't like me. I know y'all was y'all was having having family dinners and y'all wouldn't invite me. I know when y'all had the crab boil and the cookout, y'all didn't call me. Y'all didn't Y'all planned a little trip and y'all didn't even tell me about it, but I'm the one y'all sold. Verse five. Verse five. Now watch what he says here. I love it. This, this is the heart of the seed. Don't worry or blame yourselves for what you did. God is the one who sent me ahead of you to save lives. (laughs) God picked me out, pulled me out to save life. The implication is to save your lives. I'll show you this. Look at verse 6. Verse 6. There has already been, now watch what he says here, a famine for two years. And for five more years, no one will plow fields or harvest grain. In other words, if we're in a seven-year famine. We've already been through two. There's five more because God had already said so. Now watch verse 7. But God sent me on ahead of you to keep your families alive and to save you in this... Do you understand the anointing that's on your life? Some of you all, you're you're saved, and you're the only one in your whole generation, the only one of all your siblings, the only one in the city, your family, you're the only one saved. And God says, don't worry about that, I picked you out. I called you, I chose you, and because you cried out, I heard you, and I'm going to use you to save your whole family. Don't forget about them, don't despise them, keep praying for them, because I have a plan. My plan is bigger than just you, child of God. My plan is for your whole household, your whole family to be saved. Give God a shout about that. Now, if you have no interest in your family being saved, this does not excite you whatsoever. If you've developed so much enmity and strife and hatred for your family, you don't want to hear this. But I praise God today. He breaks through that enmity. He breaks through that hatred. He breaks through all that spite. He breaks through all those hard feelings you have for your family. And you say, God, whatever it takes, I want my family saved. I want my children saved. I want my cousins safe. I want my auntie safe. I want my uncle saved. God, I want, I want my mama. I want my daddy. I want him saved from this perverse generation. Glory to God. Glory. Now, God wants to rescue your whole family from the dangers of this evil world for your sake. Did you hear what I said? For your sake. He's going to do it for your sake. Glory to God. I'm going to show you something here. I want you to catch what I'm, what I'm going to show you. God's going to save them for your sake. I don't want you to forget this. You're the seed. Tell your neighbor, you're the seed. Oh, tell somebody who really cares. Tell them you're the seed for your whole family. Mm -hmm. Tell them on the other side, don't give up on your family. Tell them, keep praying. Keep asking God. Keep looking for them to come in. Because God's going to save them and deliver them and rescue them for your sake. words, because you're the one interceding. Somebody has to stand in the gap. I said, somebody has to stand in the gap. Somebody has, to, somebody has to intercede. And because you're in, now you're the one to be like Harriet Tubman. Go back. I know you're free, but go back. I know you've been delivered, but go back. I know you're out, but go back and hold the door open for them. Come on in. To the kingdom of God. All right, all right now, now sit down. I want to show you something here. I, want to show, I just got a few minutes left here. Just got a few minutes left. Oh, your family's going to be saved. And I declare it's going to be this year. It's going to be this year. You've been praying. It's going to be this year. This is their time. You've been standing, you've been praying. It's going to happen this year in their life. All right. All right, all right. Glory to God. Glory to God. Look at Luke 17 real quick. I want to show you something. Luke 17. Luke 17. Oh, my. I mean, are we already seeing this happen? I mean, really, in our church, are we already seeing this happen? People you thought would never be in church. People you you thought might never come down the aisle. People you thought might never get baptized. They got baptized. Yes! For your sake! God knows you're praying. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Luke 17, I want to show you something because, because this world, this world is, is in a mess and there's a lot of danger and destruction happening right now. Look at Luke 17, 22. I want to show you the time that we're in. Okay, Luke 17 and verse, uh, glory to God, 22. I got a I speed read on this. So y'all keep up with me, all right? Verse 22. Then he, this is Jesus, said to his disciples, the days will come when you desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look here, look there. Do not go after them or follow them. Verse 24, for as a lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. In other words, when Jesus Christ comes, it's not going to be some long, drawn-out thing. When when the rapture happens, it's not going to be, well, this is going to take six, seven days to make it happen. It's not going to be like three hours. He's going to come, bam! If you're saved, you're caught up. Even if you died before he came, Boy, well, do you know that they, they bury people, put them in a casket, put the casket in a, they lock the casket, put the casket in a, in a concrete vault, then put them six feet under. But when the, Jesus Christ, the sky, <clears throat> all right, all right. boom, all the dirt in the world. I don't care if they've been cremated and you spread their ashes all over the Tampa Bay. Boom in a flash. Glory yeah. to God. Verse 25. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected. Are oh, we sin Jesus Christ, now rejected? You know, you know, back, I was thinking, thinking about this this morning. I was wearing my clothes. I was thinking, you know, it used to be a few years ago, people were asking us to, asking Christians to be more tolerant of other lifestyles, all that kind of stuff like that. Now we gotta ask people to be tolerant of us. Oh. No, I mean we got You know, you, gotta, you almost gotta apologize. I'm one of them. I'm one of those Jesus freaks. I'm a Christian. Please, can you can you accept me? <laughs> but I'm not gonna apologize, for I am not ashamed. Romans chapter 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation unto everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Greek, to the Gentile, that's me. Yes. Glory to God. So I'm not ashamed, but this generation has rejected Jesus. Okay, so we're there. Are we there, Devin? Right now? All right, now watch this. Verse 26, now watch. And as it was in the days of Noah, as it was, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. In other words, when Jesus Christ comes back, it's going to look a lot like it was in the days of Noah. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Verse 28, likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot. Now remember where Lot was. Lot was in an area called Sodom and Gomorrah, okay? He said, as it was in their days, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. All right. Now, so let's go. Y'all have a few more minutes, right? Okay, I still got a few minutes on the clock anyway. So, So go to Genesis 7 and verse 1. In Genesis 6, I don't have time to read it, but Genesis 6 you'll see where God tells, tells uh, 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 Noah, I've had it. These people, so, they they off the chain. God said that many years ago, off, people off the chain. Glory to God. And he said, I'm going to destroy the whole planet. I'm going to destroy it. He said, I, In fact, he said, I repent that I even made man. I'm sorry. they out there cutting up I mean, they cutting up bad. Y'all ever seen people just cutting up? God was like Bill Cosby. I brought you in this world. I'll take you out. So he's, he's ready to, to destroy. But watch this. Genesis 7 verse 1. Then the Lord said to Noah, come into the ark. Now, i in mean, Genesis 6. God told him how to build this ark because it's going to rain. It's going to flood. What's the flood? It's rain. What's rain? Because they've never seen rain. So God said, build this ark. Trust me, dude, it's going to rain. It's going to be a flood. Okay? So then the Lord said to, to Noah, come into the ark. But watch this next line between the commas. You and all your household. Watch this. Because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Are y'all seeing that here? So he had him build an ark because you read, you read in Genesis chapter 6, the Bible says Noah found grace or Noah found favor in God's eyes. In other words, Noah stood out from everybody in, on the whole planet. God looking out, seeing all his evil, all his mess, all his foolishness. And he says, but there's one guy, Noah, Noah Noah's heart is right. Now, I didn't mention his wife's heart was right. It didn't mention his son's heart was right or his son's wives that their hearts are right. It just said Noah was righteous. But God said, you are in all your household. In other words, I'm going to save your wife and your sons and your daughters-in-law for your sake. Everybody say, I'm the seed for, for my whole family. Glory to God. Now, remember Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah. Then he said, as it was in the days of Lot. Look at, look at Lot here, Genesis 19. Look at Genesis 19, verse 12. Y'all got a few more minutes here? Genesis 19, verse 12. Glory to God. The Bible says, <clears throat> now what happens? They're going to come. God has just decided, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah is off the chain. There's The main issue was sexual perversion of all kinds. Got it? So God said, I'm going to destroy it. And God said, Jesus said to us over in Luke, that when he comes, it's going to be the same way. Look around, look around. Is it the same way? So he's coming soon. Yes, Say, neighbor, it's almost, it's almost time. My wife was talking about this yesterday. Was that yesterday? You were talking about looking at my Gucci. It's about that time. That was you. That was you. That wasn't me. That was you, yeah. I said, look at you, yo urban self. other words, looking at the Bible, it's about that time. I can look at the word and tell. It won't be long before Jesus Christ cracks the sky. Then, all right, so he says it wasn't days of Lot. So Sodom is going to be destroyed. But watch what happens. Then the men said to Lot, have you anyone else here, son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, and whomever you have in this city, take them out of this place. Your Get your family out. Get your family out of all that mess. Verse 13. For we will destroy this place because the outcry against them has grown be- uh, great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Verse 14. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons in law who had married his daughters and said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But to his sons in law, he seemed to be joking. They were like, Psh. All right. All right. Now, so the sons in law, now the sons in law married. Lot's daughters. Okay. But they, they, they thought it was a joke. They thought when you preach about God, God's going to do something, it's a joke. All right? So watch verse 15. Watch verse 15. When the morning dawned, the next day the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, watch this, arise, take your wife and your two daughters. Them bonehead sons-in-law. They think it's a game? They think it's a game? Let them stay back here. You warned them. You invited them. He says, so take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city, verse uh, 16. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city, verse 17. So it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said, escape for your life. Don't look behind you, nor stay in, uh, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Now, let me show you one, one verse with that. 2 Peter 2, verse 7. 2 Peter 2, verse 7. Now watch this. Glory to God. The Bible says, this is about the story about Sodom, and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. Okay, now So this means that Lot was the righteous one in the house. But because of his righteousness, because he was the seed, God saved his whole family. The sons of Lot would have been saved too, except they they thought it was a game. Glory to God. You got time for, uh, let me me give you one more. Let Let me give you two more. Two more. Acts 16. Acts 16. Hurry up. New Testament. Acts 16, verse 13. Glory to God. I'm going to pray here in a minute. Acts 16, verse 13. Philip and, um, I'm sorry, this is uh, Apostle Paul. Paul and Silas had gone down to a a city in uh, Philippi, and uh, they're going to want to to serve God. They're going to go out preaching. Notice what it says in verse 13. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside, where prayer was customarily made. And we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. So those women having a prayer meeting. Thank God for the women praying. Verse 14, because almost it wouldn't be no praying hardly if the women didn't pray. Verse 14, now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira. I think one translation says she was a merchant of expensive uh, purple. Watch what it says here. She, she worshiped God. The Lord opened her heart. See, he's the thing spoken by Paul. The Lord opened her heart, her heart, on, to listen to what Paul had to say. Now watch verse uh, 15. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to me and stay. So she persuaded us. Now notice again, she's the one said, I'm going to get it right. But she said, "My household—they don't have a choice." Oh Jesus! Oh Jesus! Now, now it—it it looks to me like she's a single mother. It just, just from what I gather from this story, i, I don't see—I don't see a hubby, a man, you know, nobody around. I just—it just seemed like she's a single mother. But she decided, even as a single mother, as for me in my house. So we're going to serve the Lord. She and her household. One more. Say in the same chapter, please. Same chapter. Look at verse 25. Verse 25. Paul and Silas, they've been out preaching, and they got in trouble for preaching and casting a devil out of this girl and mess with the people with money and all that kind of stuff. So uh, they get thrown in jail. Watch what happens in jail. We know this story. But at midnight, what happened? Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were doing what? Verse 26. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. Boom. So the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loose. Keep going, please. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was suicidal. So notice this man is suicidal right here. Verse 28. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Verse 29, then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. He had just seen this wonderful, amazing miracle. Verse 30, verse 30, and he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? They just saw this power of God move. So we want, I want to be saved. Tell me what to do. Verse 31. So they said, watch this, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Do you see God? Not only will you be saved, he says, but you and your household. So God is always thinking well past you. He's thinking about your entire household being saved. He wants the children saved. He wants the mom of them saved. He wants the dog saved. God. I heard somebody was talking about the insects and everything today. <laughs> Glory to God. Everybody say, My household will be saved. Household saved. Verse 32, 32. Then they spoke to the to the word. I'm sorry. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. The kids can go out. Bowling while the word was about to come in the house. They, they couldn't be watching Nickelodeon while the word was going on in the house. They couldn't be on their iPad and tweeting and Instagramming while the word, no. They spoke to all in the house, verse 33. And he took them the same out of the night. This is the Philippian jailer. Took them, washed their stripes, and immediately he, come on, and all his family, we all got baptized, which means they all got saved we all got saved. Verse 34, last one. Now when they had brought them into his house, he set food before them and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. So the whole family believed. God wants your whole family to believe. Glory to God. I want you to believe God for your whole house to be saved. I want you to stand in the gap for them and I want you to not give up. Now, I want to I just do one last thing here because I'm going to pray here in a minute. Because this, this came to me over the last uh, several days, really early part of the week, as I was looking at just different things that has been happening in our community. It's, when I say our, I mean the African-American community. But I begin to see this as a wise, more widespread problem than just the African-American community. Yeah. And it's this, and this the Lord reminded me of, that men are supposed to be the gatekeepers of their families and their households. In fact, statistics tell us that if the head of the household gets saved and serves God, the, the chances of the whole family being saved and serving God skyrocket. Children can get saved, doesn't mean anything about the whole family. Maybe even mom, but if the father now, we read about Lydia, right? So I don't want anybody sitting there thinking, well, what about me? I already covered you. You Lydia. I'm talking about today men. I know this isn't Father's Day, but I, this is the Lord put on my heart. I can't wait to Father's Day. Between Father's Day, we could lose more kids. That's why Joshua said in Joshua 24, verse 15, Joshua said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, there's such an attack on men and especially black men. Am I right about that? That's why drugs have ravaged our communities. I was born in 71, so I was well aware of what was going on in the late 70s. Throughout the 80s, the 90s, especially when crack hit the scene. Do y'all remember that? Some of y'all, if you're from St. Petersburg, remember when crack really hit St. Petersburg? Now, before crack will arrive, heroin and everything else was already here, and they're all storming back very very strong now. But I remember when crack, how it devastated families. Drugs have been taking men out. Incarceration. I told you, disproportionately, the number of black men, black males that are locked up, it's, it's devastating. Now, I understand, just don't do crime and you don't necessarily have to do time. But we understand that some of the laws and practices have sort of been uh, inequitable. They, they've not been equitable. You understand, now, am I right about this here? The laws haven't been just. so where our guys get locked up 30 years on a charge, other people get locked up for three years. You take a guy out of his house for 30 years, you've lost a generation. Am I right about this, y'all? Murder. Just talking about our community. Murders. Black-on-black crime, murders have been ravaging our community, and it's mostly men, (laughs) adultery. Black men being unfaithful to their wives, and thereby, as, as a result, their children because a guy is so selfish that all he can think about is himself for a few moments or for a few years. And when you, the Bible says a man who commits adultery will be brought to a piece of bread. In other words, you'll end up poor. So if you are caught up in that, there's no way your family can prosper. Y'all don't want to hear what I'm saying to y'all. I can just quit now if this is all right with you. These are issues that plague our families and our communities. Here's another one people don't think about, overworking. Men trying to prove themselves, trying to work, work in their prosperity. And overworking, the Bible says, he that is greedy for gain will trouble his own house. So you're working all the time, but your sons and your daughters are left to themselves. Your wife is left to herself. you don't know what's going on in your own house. I wish all of my men would listen to me this morning. God put this on my heart early in the week to make sure I dealt with this and to pray for our men. He reminded me of this scripture. I want you to put on the screen, please. One last scripture. Mark 3, verse 27. Because he said this is what's happening. Mark 3, verse 27. Here's what Jesus said. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods. Take his stuff. Bother his family. Destroy his household. Unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house. So when the devil comes in with drugs, sexual promiscuity, Gambling addiction, yes. got him bound up working too hard. Yes. He's binding him up. The devil binds the man up. and when the man is bound up, the devil goes in, just takes his house. just We wonder, how do children turn out like that? or what's, what's the problem? And you, you know anybody who works in the school system, anybody who works in the correctional system already knows. For yourself. You you do the surveys, find out how many of those who are in the systems did not have the presence of a reliable father. Not even a question about it. Now God wants your whole house saved. But here's what he told me to do. Here's my instruction today. He said, I want you to pray for all the husbands and fathers. So today, if you're a husband or a father, I want you to join me at this altar. If you're a husband or a father. Now, if you're not yet, don't come yet. Now, don't, you, y'all can guard the door. But if you are a husband or a father already, and then the whole church, we're going to pray for you. Come on, move up a little closer, guys. The whole church, we're going to pray for you. Ladies, can, You remember y'all ladies, Lydia, they were down there praying? They was probably praying for all the men. glory to God. We're blessed to have a whole group of strong men up here who I believe these men are not going to get caught up in drugs and not get caught up in adultery not get caught up in gambling not get caught up in working too hard trying to make a dollar out of 15 cent and struggling leaving their wives, leaving their children all left to the devil not getting bound up by the, by the devil but we're going to pray for them y'all ladies going to help me? The rest of your guys going to help me? let's pray Father God, we come to you this this afternoon, and we just first want to thank you for the word we have received. Thank you, Lord, today, that, Lord, you're the God of household salvation. God, we know that, Lord, you want families saved. You said, one of your titles, we call you the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You said in your word, you set the solitary in families. God, you're not a God of just... One, an individual. You're God of families. You said in your word, except you build a house, they labor in vain who build it. So God, you're all about building a household. You're all about building families. And Father, today we present before you, we pray for these men, fathers, husbands, men of God, who We declare they're champions. These are good men. These are solid men. These are mighty men of valor. These are mighty men of God. These are righteous men. They love their wives. They love their children. They love those you've placed under their their care who are not even their children. You said, Father... The glory of a man is his children's children. Which means that God, even their grandchildren, they love and their prayers, their lives are working for their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren. Even those who've not been born yet, those to come, they're leaving a legacy of faith, a legacy of righteousness. But then the word also goes on to say, Father... That the glory of children is their father. Which means that father, our children look up to us. They look to us for direction. They look to us for protection. They look to us for instruction. They look to us for provision. They look to us for wisdom. They even look to us to aspire to what they shall be. Uh, Father, I pray that for each one of these men that you'll help them every day to live a life before their children, before their families that is exemplary. A life that those children can look to and know that my daddy is a man of God. My daddy is a man of integrity. You said in your word, Father, that a man who walks in in integrity, his children will be blessed after him. So I pray for every father today that God, they'll walk in integrity. They'll always do what's right. Even at their own expense. They won't lie. They won't cheat. They won't steal. They'll do what's right even if it's at their own expense. They'll keep their words. They'll not provoke their children to wrath. They'll know how to train their children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I pray, Father, every, every one of us as husbands, you will show us, God, how to love our wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church. Lord, teach us how to give ourselves for our wives. Teach us, God, how to love them and adore them, God. Your word says, Father, as men, that we ought to just be ravished with our wives, God, to love them, Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah. to just be enraptured in our wives. That we don't see anybody else. No other woman, nobody else can even, even interest us, oh God. Because you've given us the wife for us. Thank you, Lord. There's no other woman in the world for us. Thank you, Lord. You knew what and who we needed. You said in your word, he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So, Father, we cover them. Let every man of God, I pray they be filled with and led by the Holy Ghost all the days of their lives. And that God, as priests, as prophets, as providers, as protectors of their homes, I command the blessing of the Lord upon them. Let them walk in financial abundance and overflow. Let them never have to work two jobs. Let them never have to do that. Never, 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 never. Bless them. Bless their businesses, oh God. Cause their businesses to soar and prosper. I call for the multimillionaires standing right in front of us. I call them into abundance. I call them into prosperity. I call them into opulence right now in Jesus' name. Let them flourish and let them know how to bless their children. So their children never have need to go out anywhere else and do anything else. And their wives never have to have need to do anything else. Let every man's heart safely trust in his wife. Turn the hearts of fathers back to their children and the hearts of children back to their fathers. Father, I command this blessing upon them. In Jesus' name, may they flourish and increase more and more. Everybody all over this room, just stretch your hands toward them. And just just pray, just, just, just about 30 seconds, just pray. Pray in tongues, pray in English, and just release. Come on, matter of fact, I want you just ladies all over the room, whoever you are, all though, just speak blessings over them. Come on, use your voice. Let these men hear you speaking blessing over them. Come on, raise it up like, like you're on that seaside with Lydia. Raise it up like you're over there with Lydia. Let them hear Let these men know they're not out here by themselves. Let them know we don't think they're all dogs. Let them know we we know they're men, mighty men of valor, mighty men of integrity and holiness and godliness. These are good men. Good men are hard to find. These are good men, quality men, holy men of God, worthy men of God, pillars of our community. A blessing to us. A blessing to us. Thank God for the older men and their wisdom, their experience, their leadership. Thinking that our old, old men, they dream dreams. They, they don't stop dreaming, they dream dreams. You said you poured your spirit on all flesh. You said our old men, they would dream dreams. Let them dream more dreams, oh God. Let our young men still see visions. Let them see visions of their future. Let them see visions of our our nation. Let, Let them see visions of our children excelling. Show them something, God. Oh, God, open their eyes. Open their hearts, oh, God. Give them dreams and visions. Dreams and visions, oh, God. Creative ideas, inventions. Hallelujah. And we bless them from Zion now. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody who agrees, shout amen. Amen. And amen. I give God a great hand of praise for these men and for the word. Come on, let them know you appreciate them. Come on, let them know you appreciate them. Guys, turn around. Turn around and let them know. They want to let you know they appreciate you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank God for mighty men. When you, have time, you, read Thank you, 30, Thank you, a Thank you, Lord. you, you, There's a man named David. We know him as King David, but he wasn't king then. He and his men were off somewhere else. And while they were off somewhere else, the enemy came in and attacked their city, their homes, their wives, their children. While they were off somewhere else, they returned to find everything was gone. When men are out of place, everything is left vulnerable. God doesn't want it that way. Man, we have a lot to offer. I, I pray that all you, all of us as men, we open our mouths, take these teenagers and these young boys under our wings, teach them how to be a man. Oh, they have good mamas. I know they have good mamas who can teach them how to be adults, but they can't teach them how to be a man. They, they, they can't do it. Oh, yes, I can. No, you can't. You can't teach them how to be a man. Hey, come on, sir. You can teach them how to pay a light bill, but not why. Right. Ooh, come on. Come on, right. yes, right. Man's got to know that. Right. Man's got to know that I got to take care of my family. Right. Then, men, I encourage you, take out your ladies under your wings. I dare you to take young ladies under your wings in a pure way and not a perverted way. That you look at, Paul told Timothy this when he was training about being a pastor. He said, Paul, Paul said, Timothy, make sure you see all the girls, the ladies in your church as your sisters. In other words, Paul, uh, Timothy, that's how you keep from uh, messing around. Those are my sisters. So, men, I encourage you. See those young ladies, these ladies as your sisters, and those girls like your daughters. That's your niece. Show them that there are good men in this planet, on this planet, in this world. Not after your body. I'm going to show you how to value your body to know who you are. I thank God we got wonderful women, but there are things that God has assigned to men Amen. that only a man can do. Amen. We're getting ready to be dismissed. I thank y'all for hearing the word. I pray that you take this. This is what I, this is what I want you to take away. You are the seed for your family. Don't, get, don't forget that. Your family I'm going to make this declaration. Your family will be saved. Your family will be saved. You can take that to the bank. Your family will be saved. Your children, your grandchildren, your cousins, your uncles, don't give up on them. They're going to be saved. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, if you're not saved here today, I want to make sure I, I, I don't skip this. I, I, know the, I know the time is late, but I would have to answer to God if I didn't do this. If you're not saved, I want to make sure I give you the chance. This will take one minute. If you're not saved today already, I want to make sure I give you the chance to get saved. I, got, I Things I want to do, places I want to go, but if I don't do this, I won't be able to sleep tonight. Anybody here, you're not saved, I want to I want you to get saved from this perverse generation. That means get born again. Receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. If you've never done that, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Right where you're seated, every head bowed, every eye closed. Every eye closed. Every head bowed. If you're in this place, you say, Pastor, I heard the message today. I believe the Bible is right. It's true. And I want to be saved. If you just lift your hand in the air, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to know who I'm praying for. I hope everybody here is saved already. If you are, that means we've got a lot of seed out there in this world. Yes. But if you're not, I want to make sure you get saved. We don't know the day nor the hour Jesus Christ is coming back, but he is coming very soon. Now, I don't want to scare you into salvation. I want to invite you to the love of God into salvation. God has a good life in store for you. So one more time, I'm going to ask this this question. If you're not born again, would you please just raise your hand? I want to pray for you to get born again today, today, today. All right, everybody born again? Okay. All right, praise the Lord. You may may open your eyes. After service today, if you're one of those people in here, you're already saved, but you're, you're not yet filled with the Holy Ghost. That was Acts 2.37, I think it was, that it said, repent and then be baptized, and you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. You want a gift of the Holy Ghost. That's, that's who's going to keep you every day. If that's not happened to you yet, then I, we'll, we'll pray for you after service, okay? If you come see me, I'm going to send you back with a young lady who will take a few minutes. It'll take three or four minutes of your time. That's all it takes to receive, and uh, your life will change forever. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. If that, is that anybody I want to make sure I know? Anybody here? You. Saved but not yet filled with the Holy Ghost. With evidence of speaking in tongues. Anybody here? Everybody here already been, had that experience? Or just choose not to receive yet? Okay. Alright, so everybody received? Alright, good. Good. I know that's not true. But that's your decision. It's a gift. It's a gift. Right? I'm not going to force a gift on you. Amen. It's a gift from God. Alright. Well, let's stand to our feet. We're ready to be dismissed. Household salvation. My whole house saved. All right, now check it out. Wednesday night, uh, we're going to be here. Uh, I think I'll be preaching. As far as I am know, I'm planning on preaching. But I won't be preaching Sunday. I've got a friend of mine coming from Indianapolis, Indiana, yeah. Pastor William Bumfus. He, he is what we call an OG, an original gangster. You ain't met nan, nan, nan like him who... I mean, it was out there. I don't care how bad your story may be. Man, I was a gangbanger. You wasn't no gangbanger compared to Pastor William Bumpus, And um, he, the Lord has saved him beautifully. And he comes and preaches in, a, in a, a humorous way, but a very clear way. If you have somebody in your family who needs to get saved, I'd make sure they are here this coming Sunday. Drag them. Tell them after church you're going to take them to pole, folks. Whatever, whatever it takes. Tell them I'm to take you and let you eat all the chicken you can You can put in your gut. All you need is chicken. Just do whatever. Get them in the car. Buy them some clothes if they're scared or whatever. I don't care if they come in shorts and sneakers. Just get them here to hear this man of God because I want them to get saved. Amen? Don't, don't forget to sign up for flight teams. Everything's going well. We appreciate you. Amen? Praise the Lord. You come on with me. Praise the Lord. Y'all can come. Come on. Come on. Y'all want to come. On. Come on, children. Come on, son. Oh, there you go. Household salvation. Household. I'm, I'm such a happy pappy because all four of our children are saved. And filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues saved. And uh, I'm not proud of that. Nothing, I didn't do anything. How can I be proud of it? But uh, I am so happy for them right. because they got a jump start on me. Right. They don't have to have the same raggedy testimony I have. Come on, sir. I got a raggedy one. Come on, sir. <laughs> I was a mess. <laughs> you was a mess too. <laughs> you work. I was a mess <laughs> for God. Amen? Glory to God. Woo. Is that Landria? Girl, how you doing? I just saw you. How you doing? Girl, I've been praying for you and Sean. Tell Sean I'm praying for him. Praise God. Glory to God. That just made my whole afternoon. Amen. 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 I'm glad to see all y'all. I love y'all so much. My wife and I both, our family, we love you. We pray for you. Father, thank you today for each person who's been in this room. I pray that, Father, that what they've heard, what we've all received today, uh, ministers to our hearts every day. And I pray, Father, you change our outlook and our perspective about people, that we don't go around judging, criticizing, putting people down, Father, and 10 people going to hell and all that kind of stuff. No, Lord, that's not your will. It's not your will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We believe for your will to be done. We are praying. Jesus told us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's your will that none should perish. So, God, we pray that every person comes to the kingdom. And we are praying, especially today, for our families. We call them in from the north, south, east, and west into the kingdom of God. Now, bless us today. I speak blessing over every family, over every marriage. We speak blessing over every business. We speak blessing over every business owner, over every career, over every worker, over every student, over every academic career. We pray Lord, blessing over every retiree, Father. That every retiree gets refired, That they start back living again. In the name of Jesus. That God, that no matter what you've told us, we never give up. So bless us and keep us, God, until the next time we come together. We'll continue to give you the praise and the glory and the honor for what we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless. We love you so much. Enjoy your afternoon. We'll see you then.